welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Chris Brown. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. So uh, last week I was away. Did anyone notice? Uh, uh, I was away on a missions trip. That's not true. That's a complete fabrication. I'd like to stretch the truth to that, but I'd have to say it's it's a complete untruth. I misspoke, as politicians say. Um, I was on a motorbike trip and doing pretty much one of the bucket list trips for motorcycle road riders, and that is to ride around Tasmania. About three and a half thousand kilometres in a week, just riding round and round um, and having an awesome time and uh, hardly any traffic, amazing roads. Um, the only traffic are caravans and camper vans, which are really annoying because they get in the way on the single laned windy roads. And we chat to them uh, and uh, you know, one of them said, oh, look, I love Tasmania. We love the scenery. We just hate all the corners which, of course, we laugh about because that's what makes it all the more fun for motorbike riders. And um, so the riding's great. But, you know, in every area of life, including this trip, the best things are just not the experience but the relationships that you have with people, the interactions you have with people. That's really the spice of life, isn't it? And um, like the Chinese tourists that we met, bunch of guys uh, got out of their bus and they were kind of impressed by our bikes. We've got big bikes, there's seven of us, and I, we were all suiting up and, uh, and they sort of stood around and then I engaged them in conversation in faltering English. Mine wasn't that faltering, it's, my English is okay, but it's, you know, better than my Mandarin, so of course that was their language of choice. But they, you know, a couple of them couldn't speak any English, but they deferred to one guy who was kind of the interpreter, oh, what are you doing, where are you from, and you know, and we chatted away. And then they asked for a photograph with me and the bike, and they were, you know, pretty thrilled. And then we loved uh, what they said. When we were leaving, the spokesman, from their point of view, said, okay, have exciting and safe. And we just loved it. We thought four words, that became the motto for our trip. You know, every morning we got up and say, remember guys, have exciting and safe. <laughs> we loved it. And, uh, and the guys I was hanging out with was great. There's about four others who are Christians, so we got fellowship there. But then we've got the lapsed Catholic brother and, so, uh, and a Jewish brother. Uh, and so there's opportunities to shine and share uh, about our faith there. Um, the, the guy, he's... Uh, real Israelite, he moved from uh, Israel oh, 10 years or so ago to Australia, grew up in Jerusalem. So when we're talking about the old buildings in Mount Hobart and some of these beautiful old sandstone buildings, we're like, wow, look at this one, it's 1840-something. He doesn't look that impressed. And he finally lets out that his mother lives in a building that's her home, her house, is two and a half thousand years old. <laughs> she lives in Jerusalem right there in the middle. We're like, Okay, you win, you know. It was, but, um, and the best thing about hanging out with this guy, apart from the fact that he's a really good rider, and, um, is uh, he bought a block of land a few months ago. In fact, I've got a photograph, I think, of Harrell, and there he is on this block of land 
that he bought and we were riding past and he wants to build a house on it. And so we rode past, had a look, and then his best mate, who's one of the Christian guys, said, Chris, why don't you pray a blessing on Harrell and his land? And I thought, oh, he's going to be, you know, not that keen. I mean, he's not a real practicing Jew, but he's certainly not a practicing Christian, you know. And, uh, but he was open for it. And so, you know, there were a couple of neighbors around and they're looking, there's all these bikes and blokes walking around the land praying, uh, you know, in tongues and, and laying hands on him and, and, uh, and just anointing him and his land. And uh, it was just a precious moment, you know. And, uh, and you sense God in times like that. And, you know, his Christian mate said, I don't care what happens on the rest of this trip. That's my, that's my, my key point of, of, uh, of the trip. And then that night around the pub, around dinner, uh, we did favourite thing because, um, you know, we do that at home and I'd been designated team leader because I'd organised the itinerary. So I said, all right, kids, we're going around the table. Favourite thing today. Now, Harrell didn't say, and I'll show you a few more photos, on that particular day, all these photos are taken on that day. The first one was he didn't say anything about the sunrise, which was awesome. There is a photo of the East Coast, you know, beautiful. That was the beginning of the day. He didn't say his favourite thing was, what's the next photo? Oh, that's that going riding up into the clouds. This is known as Jacob's Ladder, and it's deemed one of the most dangerous roads in the world. And it's not. Pennant Hills Road is much more dangerous. It's just not as scenic. Um, but it's exhilarating, you know, and, and it's windy. And then what else? Next photo, please. You know, oh, you know, we stop by the lake and we make coffee. Harrell's got his Jewish coffee with cardamom seeds, and we the rest of us sit around while he. No, go back. The guy at the far left, Italian little guy with a little Italian bike, makes a little Italian coffee. And so we have the Italian coffee and the Jewish coffee and the rest of us just sit around and have a coffee off Dale knows. He's been on these trips. It's great, isn't it? You just sort of... And then, yeah, so um, the next one is, I think, lunch in the pub. This is all on that one day. Lots of good, fun things. The next one is, I think, here we are, riding. One of the guys stopped, get a picture of us. Uh, you know, beautiful scenery, great roads, and from Harrell's point of view, certainly not mine, no police. Um, there's like three policemen in the whole of this whole of Tasmania. Uh, my point is, his favourite thing of the day was, thank you. Oh, there's maybe a photo of Harrell. He's a very cool guy. He does a lot of adventure riding. His favourite thing was us praying over his land, and um, and you know that was exciting uh, because, as I said, that's the, there's the rub. That, that's the the cool deal about life it's not just what you do but it's who you do life with and and the love of God you know I heard Ruth's message um, that she preached last week talking about shining and there's different ways it comes out but the light is in there we just got to let our light shine and it's not always you know in the four spiritual laws or a Billy Graham crusade with a moment of a point of altar call salvation it might just be praying for someone's land and you can take that off now um, and so today I just want to talk about how exciting it is to share the gospel a reminder of how it's exciting because we know it's important we know it's valuable but it can be fun it can be really exciting and we just need to perhaps be reminded of some specific reasons why we can and should love and enjoy sharing the gospel so I'm going to give you five you want that I'll only give you three if you're not interested, but if you're keen, I'll give you a couple more. All right, the first one is, first exciting thing about sharing the gospel is, it's good news. Just a reminder, in case you had forgotten, 
it's really good news. Uh, Romans 1.16, you know this verse perhaps. It says, I'm not ashamed. This is Paul the Apostle writing. And he's, you know, obviously been converted fully into following Jesus. I'm not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God. And those of us who came and saw the Christ in You movie on Friday night saw some great examples of that where they're filming people going out with power evangelism, praying for people out in the streets, people they've never met, and just getting an unction, a sense of call and saying, can I pray for you? You're sick or you're hurting in some way and praying. And then someone is just healed and they don't even know the Lord and they're swearing and going, wow, this is incredible. And so the power of God is available. We drove away, Keelan said in the car, wow, there's so much more power than I thought. You know, he's just aware from seeing this film about the power of God. And, uh, and so we'll have that film available for connect groups if you didn't get a chance to see it uh, on Friday. Um, the gospel, the good news of Jesus, is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. So we should never be ashamed or embarrassed or shy because the news we share is so good. And it's a message that, well, it saves us from our sin. It saves us from death itself. And it's good news for everyone, as it says there, the Jew first and also the Gentile. So as you know, the Old Testament, Jewish people showered on with love and attention from God. And then Jesus came and the door was opening. As Paul was writing this in the first century after Jesus, the doors were opening for the Gentiles. That's us, all the non-Jewish people. And the good news is starting to shine to all all the world, everyone, everywhere. And so, you know, we, we hear what the gospel is. You know, you've maybe been a Christian for a long time. But just to put it in context, you know, uh, these are the obvious kind of parallels. Uh, someone who's been told that they've just inherited millions of dollars from, uh, you know, some distant unknown relative. That would be exciting news, you would agree. Or uh, if someone who had an incurable illness is in the hospital and the doctors come running in all excited because they've just discovered the perfect cure that will completely rid this person of this ailment and they'll be completely healed, that would be exciting. Well, of course, what we have is even more life-changing, more exciting, more uplifting, more wonderful than those two scenarios. Or imagine you're given uh, a message to convey to someone, let's say you're a fax worker or a, uh, a worker for a, um, a community welfare agency and you're told you've got to go and inform a poor homeless orphan child that they've been adopted but not just into any family, they're going to be adopted into the family of the richest person in the world who also happens to be incredibly kind, generous and loving and they're going to care for them for the rest of their life. That would be a good assignment. Wouldn't it? You'd be, you'd be happy to share that news, wouldn't you? Uh, well, the fact is we have that assignment because that is exactly the gospel message and that is the assignment we've been given, that um, you know, we are orphans adopted into the family of God and anyone and everyone that says yes to Jesus takes that step into this incredible family. Um, we watched this TV show uh, with Michael McIntyre, the uh, British comedian. Funny guy, and he puts on this show 
with thousands of people in a theatre in England and then they film it. And part of the show, he calls it the secret star of the show. So they set someone up. They got all the family from this person in the show, uh, in the audience. And this person who's been set up is not in the audience. They are, you know, they've been tricked. So this young guy who likes to sing but he's never sung publicly or professionally, he's on some errand. I think he was a delivery man and they give him a delivery. So he rocks up and he goes through a door but of course he doesn't realise as he walks through the door, he's walking out onto the stage with Michael McIntyre and thousands of people and there he is with his clipboard going, uh, I guess I'm not picking up this, you know, thing and, and the crowd and the family are there and they're all excited and, and the dad comes up on stage and then, and the guy gets told, you know, this is set up, would you like to sing? Oh yes, well here's your chance, we're going to send you out back, you're going to rehearse, you're coming back and then they put a twist on this one, they said, oh and dad, we hear that you used to sing back in the day in a couple of dusty clubs, but we're going to get you to sing with your son as well. Uh, and, you know, and off they go. An hour later, it's amazing what they do. They've, got, you know, they, they've obviously found someone's got a bit of talent. And they come out, they've got their tuxedos, they've got the full band, the dancers, the backup singers. It's the great big, they're singing a great duet, you know, Fly Me to the Moon or some... Frank Sinatra kind of song and, and it was incredible, you know, and they've just been rehearsing for an hour or so and the crowd go berserk and then Michael McIntyre comes up again and says, how was that, you know, and one of them said, this, what did he say, uh, he said, this is the greatest day of my life, they're both teary, you know, it was a beautiful moment, father and son, you know, oh, the family and it was, and the item went off, you know. And I, and I saw it and I thought that's fantastic and, and I thought that was great but I just thought, I hope that isn't the greatest day of your life. I hope there's more to your life than that. As awesome as that is, it's just a one-off experience. It's cool, but it's fleeting. And life has so much more to offer. Or, or should I say, God has so much more to offer. Because our life isn't just little fun moments here on earth. It, it's, it's that as well. But there's something that can run right through all those experiences that keeps on going. And that's the eternal life of God that wants to come into us, yeah? And, and so we can have that for ourselves, but we also want to share it with others. And as they say, what's the phrase? The best is yet to come. It, it's really true, you know, especially if you're going through a tough time. But even if you're having a great time and you think, this is amazing, this is the best experience of my life. Well, hang in there, it gets even better. It's gonna, as good as that is for those two guys to go, oh, well, I'm singing with me dad and thousand mum. Oh, about thank you. I'm famous for 15 minutes. Well, it's a great experience. It's not the most eternal, wonderful experience that's waiting for us if we follow the Lord. And, of course, that's only going to be fulfilled completely when we die, when we hiccup into eternity and see it all open up and we go into God's presence. As Billy Graham, and you'll forgive me if I quote Billy a couple of times this morning, it's his week for us to remember. He famously said this, Someday you will read or hear that Billy Graham is dead. Don't you believe a word of it. I shall be more alive than I am now. I will just have changed my address. I will have gone into the presence of God. Well, of course, that day came this week. And his departure has made headlines around the world. Yours sadly may not, but it will come there. Uh, but that same reality will apply to you if you're following Jesus and can apply to everyone that we're called to share the good news with. Yeah, And so it's good news, number one. 
Second reason why we should be sharing about Jesus is you're on the front lines in an epic battle. And this is a reality. Uh, it can be challenging, but it's exciting. It's important. You've probably seen war movies, thrilling action war movies. You, certainly in our family, we have because we've got an army son who's just always, you know, interested in that. And, of course, we've heard and read about real-life encounters in battles. And perhaps you've read that too, where men have bravely fought for a great cause. Well, the fact is we've all been enlisted for service as soldiers in God's army to fight against a spiritual enemy in the spiritual realm, serving for a great purpose, entering into a struggle with the forces of darkness in a battle over people's eternal destinies. It doesn't get any... That's as big as it is. That's as important as it is. In fact, here's a scripture that will remind you. Ephesians 6.12. We are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So, you know, your main fight in life is not against the tax man. You know, it's not the boss or the neighbour with those annoying barking dogs or the mother-in-law or the husband, you know. or It's on a spiritual, more important level. And that passage goes on to talk about God's armour that we've been given that we can put on so that we can fight and win when we go into battle. And so this is exciting because it adds meaning to your life, doesn't it? It's, it's not just... Uh, you know, flipping around. It's you're, when you're obeying God, facing up to the enemy, going into the battlefield, fulfilling the Great Commission, this, that's got some oomph about it. That's, and that's what's happening. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's nice to have fun, but uh, it's a lot more rewarding and satisfying when we do things that have purpose. Like I said, this motorbike trip, Lots of fun. Boy, we just rode and rode and rode. But, um, you know, the interactions you have with people, and especially when there's an opportunity to share the gospel, that actually is more fun than the motorbike riding. And that's saying a lot. Simon, you'll appreciate, you know, motorbike riders. Rolly, you'll know what I mean. It's a lot of fun to ride a bike. Like an American guy struck up the classic conversation because you're on the bike. He didn't have a motorbike with him, but he had Harleys, of course, being American. And we were at a McDonald's. I was on my way down to Melbourne, and so I had plenty of time to catch the ferry. So we chatted, and this guy started talking, and I really gave him attention and time and heard his story, and he's done this and been there and all over, and he's telling me his life story. And then I feel like there's this opening because he's sharing and I heard what Ruth said on her message last week you've got to feel the unction of the Holy Spirit she was talking about going to the shops at Erina and she was all full of beans and wanted to share the gospel and she went to the Mr Minute did you hear that story and she was just getting out a key cut or something and and she's beaming wanting to talk about the Lord and he just sort of looked at her like why are you so excited and she said the opportunity didn't really come to say anything but she was ready and she said how sometimes there really isn't the door to walk into so then you just Smile and you're nice, and then she got a, she got it for free or something because she was smiling so much, and um, but I just felt, I 
I, I felt the opening to say something. So I just said to him, I just cut across the conversation. Said, Do you know what the most important thing in life is? He said, what's that? And I said, knowing Jesus. Knowing Jesus as your personal Lord and Saviour. Oh, uh, you know, and because he's American, he had some, you know, background with Christian things. And I just told him my story, told him how I got saved. And he got all teary. And then he started sharing how his partner died in his arms in hospital. And, and look, I didn't get to lead him to the Lord there and then. But I was aware of the battle over his soul and how I was just on that front line. For that moment, you know, sometimes we're not on the front line. Sometimes we're supporting others, you know, we're sending money to missionaries, we're praying for someone else who's doing this, we're, you know, being the church to get equipped so that we can, you know, go out to the battlefield and be on the front line. So there's times like any army will not leave their soldiers on the front line all the time. They will give them R and R. They'll pull them back. They'll train them. They'll look after them. But of course, the problem with some Christian lives is that. They're never on the front line. They're just always way back, deep, deep, deep back there, just in the mess, you know, looking at the training board and learning and equipping and getting full of, you know, army food and, and just not doing anything. And so there are times when ah, we're there and we feel... And so I, I just prayed silently, you know, for him while we were there. And as we left and as I rode away, I just continued to pray that there were seeds sown that will be watered through my prayers and other interactions from other people so he could get over the line and give his life to Christ. Third reason it's awesome to share about the Lord is you get closer to God when you do. And Jesus said this, Matthew 28, here's the Great Commission, verse 18. He said to the disciples, I've been given authority in heaven and earth, therefore go and make disciples of all the nations. So as you may know, that's one of the two main passages referred to as the great commission the other one is at the end of the book of mark when jesus said go and preach the gospel go and share the news good news this one he says go and make disciples so you can see there it's two-pronged we both want to see uh, decisions but we also want to see disciples right? the journey's only just begun when someone says yes to jesus it's a lifelong process i love what ruth graham billy graham's wife had put on her headstone when she died some years ago, I read a book by Billy Graham written in his 90s saying, I really miss my wife and one thing when I die, I'll get to see her again. That'll be cool. And she died sometime before him. And she put uh, on her tombstone uh, something that she was inspired to put because she had seen it on a road sign. And it says, uh, construction completed. Thank you for your patience. <laughs> <laughs> how wacky is that she's really I don't know if you know anything about you know their background the family she was a nice you know lovely sweet lady but she obviously had a bit of a sense of humor uh, so you know our whole life we're under construction yeah but one day finally like when the roadworks finally get finished somewhere and you go oh, I can't believe it you know finally construction completed <laughs> thank you everyone for your patience in the meantime we all need our patience everyone yeah right I need your patience right and you need mine too. So, uh, you know, so here's Jesus. Make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then he says, uh, teach them to, to obey all the commandments I've given you. And then look at the last statement. Be sure of this. I'm with you always, even to the end of this age. Come on. So there's the great commission and there's the wonderful promise of his presence. He doesn't send us out on his own. He goes with us. 
So we go out for God, but we also go out with God. And uh, he accompanies us. He empowers us through the Holy Spirit. So here's the deal. If you feel outside your comfort zone when you share the gospel, that's okay. Because you're simply putting yourself in a position where you're forced to rely on the Holy Spirit. And that's a good thing. Right? You want to live in your comfort zone all the time. It's kind of boring. You know, life really begins and stretches and grows when we go beyond the comfort zone in lots of areas in life. And so the Holy Spirit comes and he will give you the courage to speak up and the wisdom to know what words to use. Amen? So that's exciting. Number four, there's a lot more you can say about these. You can really press in and meditate and reflect and read those scriptures and pray about getting closer to God. And you're aware of it, surely, you know, if you're sharing your faith, you feel, oh God, where are you? <laughs> you know, he's there with you. Number four reason is exciting is you bring glory to God. Because God gets so much bad press. The question is, who is going to speak up for how good God is? And we've been given that job. And when you do speak up, it's awesome because people get blessed. They get to hear the truth about God. But God is glorified. God gets blessed. And, um, you know, it's because people aren't just hearing what the media says about the Lord or, sadly, again, about someone who should have represented God well but didn't and instead you know, did a terrible job and, uh, you know, reflects badly on our faith and, and, you know, maybe damaged people's lives. Instead, if you share your story, people are getting to hear something authentic, something directly from you, something that's got conviction, something that you know is real because it's your story and then they're going to get touched and you get to talk about how wonderful and loving and gracious and generous and good God is. Psalm 107 verse 2 says, Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Tell others he's redeemed you from your enemies. It's a natural thing, isn't it? When you've had something wonderful happen to you, you don't tend to, you know, keep it yourself. Husband comes home, just got a massive promotion, salary goes up by 50%, and he's not going to walk in the door. Hello, Nani. How's your day? Fine. Anything happen? Oh, yeah, I got a bit of a promotion. Oh, yeah, just got another 100000 a year. What? He's going to come jumping through the door. Babe, we're going to Fiji. You know, woo. Come on, kids. Come around. You can all have a soft drink when we go out to Macca's tonight. One each. Never before has it happened. Not on a pastor's salary, you know, like that sucker whose poor kids had to suffer. What a terrible story. Imagine, imagine taking your children out for dinner to restaurants, and they're not buying them a soft drink each. Can you believe that? I've heard of families. Admit what? Admit that it was me? Never. Yeah, but look at them now. See? Disciplined, frugal, <laughs> skinny. <laughs> yeah. Shelley, you think Luke's slim and gorgeous because he's working out. No, it's because I can't afford to feed him enough. All right. Anyway, um, back to the Bible. So, um, hey, look at this scripture. Psalm 79 verse 9. Um, 
I would, I would be aware of the time, but they're not helping me. I, 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 what did I start, two minutes ago? Well, we've got 40 minutes to go. Great, come on. Psalm 79, verse 9. Look, help us, O God, of our salvation. Help us for the glory of your name. Save us and forgive our sins for the honour of your name. See, we get saved, but God gets glory. See, uh, you know, it's, it's awesome for us when someone gets saved. Obviously, it's good for them. But there's a party in heaven, the Bible says. And so God is glorified. God loves it. And his name is given renown that it is due. You know, often through the Old Testament, God moves to save and help and bless people. But then he says, hey, I'm not just doing this to bless you. I'm, I'm doing this to show my glory. And so that's part of the deal. When we're sharing about Jesus, we're honouring God, blessing God, glorifying God. Last one, number five. There's the fifth reason why it's awesome to share the gospel is, this is you'll love this, there's no need for any pressure to be on you when you share about Jesus. Remember I, I talked before Paul writing uh, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit about the power of God being in the gospel in Romans 1. Well, notice where it is. It's in the message, not in the messenger. It's not in the way you deliver the message. It's not on you. You don't have to bring the power or anything special. There's, the buck doesn't stop with you. You know, as Keith Green once sang, uh, you do your best, he'll take care of the rest. Any old 70s Christian music fans, you'll start hearing them singing and humming. You take care of them. Oh, maybe I'm the only one. Anyway. He wrote a cool song, which was cool back then. Um, you just do your best. God will take care of the rest. You know, it's a lot easier when you rock up to do a job for someone else and you don't have to worry about the results. Right? You're just the worker. You, you know, there's a whole lot less pressure and potential stress than if you're the boss, the head of the organisation, the owner of the company. And the fact is we are simply... Sons in God's family. We are servants in God's kingdom and we are soldiers in God's army. So we're not the father, we're not the king and we're not the captain. They're his roles, yeah? And so uh, we don't have to feel any pressure about the end results. Paul the Apostle also wrote this about his ministry and about others in ministry in the letter he wrote to the Corinthians he says, what's Apollos? Apollos was another preacher. He says, what's Paul? They're just servants. We're just servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. And then watch this. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. or God brought the increase. And so there's no pressure on us, on you, to convert people, but just to simply share the gospel clearly, wisely, lovingly, the Holy Spirit does the rest. Listen to this statement. The success in witnessing and evangelism is not measured by the outcome, but in your obedience to the command of Christ. So I want to be successful. Who doesn't? But I can't control the outcome. I can't bring the increase. I can't convert that person. But that doesn't stop me doing what I can do. I can share my story. I can shine my light. I can say, you know, Jesus loves you. That might sound a bit wacky, but it's true. I know him personally. Met him a long time ago. He's my best friend. He'll change your life, you know, whatever. You can, 
you can have those conversations and then it's ultimately between that person and God what they do with it. You know, Jesus even was rejected by people. So don't get put out. If not, everyone loves what you're going to say. That doesn't have to be the end game. Well, what if they don't like what I say? Well, who are you worried about? What they think or what God thinks? I know who I'm going to stand before at the end. It's not Joe Blow letting me into his version of heaven. doesn't matter what he thinks. I'm going to stand before God and see, did I give an account of what he had given to me to share? Yeah, that's ultimately, and that's not a thing we should feel pressure about. It's just a reality, just a just to peak our awareness. You know? So with our weekly witness, our inviting people to church, our, our, our other meetings that we have, like the, you know, mums and this connect group and CAP and different things that are on for people in the community we want them to come to, with our prayer for other people, there's no pressure to do everything. There's just a sense of excitement to do something. Amen? Well, let me close with two quotes from... Hey, what about Billy Graham? I did warn you. Here, second last quote. We are the Bibles the world is reading. We are the creeds the world is needing. We are the sermons the world is heeding. And finally, Billy Graham once said this. It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict, God's job to judge, and my job to love. I think that says it all. Come on, let's pray. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.